This is Why We Write, a podcast of Leslie University. Every episode, we bring you conversations with authors in the Leslie community to talk about books, writing, and the writing life. Today, Emily Earle speaks with Julia Dinos, a graduate of our art school who has written and illustrated a number of award-winning children's books. In this episode, Julia talks about creating during COVID, where she finds inspiration for her books, and gives advice to illustrators and authors who are early in their careers. Here's our interview. Hello, Leslie community, and welcome to the Why We Write podcast. My name is Emily Earle, and I'm the Assistant Director for Social Media here at Leslie. I'm here today with Julia Dinos, an award-winning children's book author and illustrator and 2005 graduate of our illustration program, uh, technically the Art Institute of Boston back in the day. Um, She's the author of such titles as Here and Now, a mindfulness book for children, Windows, set in our neighboring Somerville, and the winner of the Massachusetts Book Award, and her newest picture book out later this month, Starcrossed, the story of an interstellar friendship. Hi, Julia. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Hi, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So first of all, it's been a few years since we talked after Windows came out, and it's like we're worlds away from that right now. So yeah. how, are you, how are you doing? Good, good. Hanging in. Um, how about you? <laughs> good. Yeah, same. Yeah. You know, kind of getting through it, getting through the day. Um, yeah. uh, so I'm very excited to talk about your new book. I got a sneak peek of it, and it's just incredible and beautiful and very resonant with what we're all going on, going, what we're all going through right now, mm-hmm. um, which we'll definitely get into. But I wonder, actually, if we could, you could give us a few details on your background and how you became a bookmaker in the first place. Sure. Um, so yeah, as, as you said, I went to AIB at the time it was called um, the Art Institute of Boston at Leslie University. And I got my BFA in illustration and I had a really great bunch of educators there and um, an awesome small group of um, illustrator peers. So we, I just had a really great time um, getting my degree there. I feel like it really prepared me um, because pretty quickly out of school, um, I was able to start securing publishing illustration jobs. My first one was with Simon & Schuster. So I had about a year down between school and um, I worked a a variety of odd jobs back at home. Um, And then I was called up by an agent because of the work on the website that I had created my last semester at um, Art Institute of Boston. So that's how I got my agent. And then um, I just launched into publishing and started accepting contracts. And then you know, a little ways into it, I was able to really get to know editors and get to know the business. And I had always been writing and illustrating my own work kind of privately and on the side. And it's the reason why I got into um, illustration and went to school for it in the first place. So when I, I started, I started to decide that I wanted to slow down on my illustration work um, for other authors and really um, get into being able to create work that was coming from my own heart that I was writing and illustrating. So I kind of transitioned into that, and 2016 was my first author-illustrated work called Swatch. And then after that, I kind of even moved further and just became an author for a few books and didn't illustrate them. And um, my my creative partner and friend, E.B. Goodale, was the illustrator on those. So I'm kind of toggling between both author-illustrator now and just author. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of my journey in a little nutshell. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I remember too, um, you had mentioned maybe an internship that you secured at yeah. AIB and how that kind of influenced getting into the publishing world and like seeing a few different sides of, of what that was and how that kind of informed your your journey. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it was a it was the last the last year um, I was able to get a connection to. Um, I think it was a visiting art director, and they actually didn't have any positions opened when um, when I contacted them. But they sent me on to Candlewick Press, who at the time I think they were in Cambridge, and so they had me in for an interview um, the year after I gra- it was the year I graduated, so it was that summer. Um, and I was working as an RA, I think, at the dorms. And so I was able to walk to my internship. It was really great going to Candlewick Press. Um, I got so much experience just getting to check out how people were submitting, how artists were submitting their work. And, you know, this is going to age and date me <laughs> because <laughs> this is not totally how people submit anymore. But, um, you know, everything was totally printed out and, like, created, like, physical packages were mailed to publishers and oh, then wow. they were filed away um, within a candlebook. Everyone does it differently, but candlebook, they filed them according to style and, um, you know, voice and kind of like aesthetic, the illustrator um, that they, that they chose. And when they accepted people that mailed things in, they would just kind of file them away for stories that would come up in manuscripts that would, would match them. So my job as an intern was to actually file these um, accepted illustrators into their filing cabinet, like physically, you know, on my knees in the manila folders. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Don't see that much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I just spent hours doing that and you know, it was, I just am so grateful for that because I could really see, you know, what publishers wanted and how they really contemplated the voice of a story and then matched it to an illustrator that came in and how um, fair and and awesome they were very generous about um, looking at literally everyone that, that came in and really weighing um, weighing those submissions. So yeah, I feel grateful for that opportunity for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really cool that you kind of can, you know, make that connection from where you were then to what you do now, but, you know, and how different it was, but also kind of how it matches up in terms of, you know, it making sense in a natural way in that progression. Um, So I follow you on Instagram. (laughs) And so I can see, yeah. (laughs) And I, and I think your followers can see, you know, how you're inspired by nature and the world around you. And you have this beautiful perspective on plants and stars and color. And um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about where your inspiration comes from for your books. Yeah. um, So I think each one is very different. Um, I kind of, like you said, um, I didn't, I never really thought about it that way, but I guess it is true. I kind of um, work with elements. So um, for Swatch, I was really inspired by just color in general and how it's so alive and it's almost, um, you know, it's got its own spirit. And um, I'm someone that really enjoys collaboration and co-creation. That's just what I've always believed in as an artist. Um, I really enjoy my materials and I really do love a lot of mistakes that happen when you let them. I, I don't even want to call them mistakes. They're just things that um, wild things like watercolor allow mm-hmm. to happen in your work. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love working with kind of messy materials. And so I think color similarly um, inspired Swatch because it kind of has a mind of its own and um, has a story to tell. And so when I focused in on one, which was yellow at the time, um, I just, I was 
really excited to kind of like let that color tell me a story. And so that's kind of how Swatch turned into or came into being. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Starcrossed, I think, is it just definitely comes from a broader perspective. Like it's, um, of course, my love for stars and um, astronomy. And um, I, I just, yeah, I don't even know yeah. how to put it into it. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Something, yeah, something that I enjoy to, um, I enjoy doing. And mm-hmm. I think we all just kind of enjoy taking part in that, that wonder of looking up and looking out and like realizing we're part of something larger. So um, I think I just kind of moved over to letting the stars tell me the story this time around. So I feel like it was the same kind of pattern where I was co-creating and collaborating with that element of stars. Oh, that's so beautiful. Wow. <laughs> um, so actually, um, before we do, we get in, before we get into Starcross, which I'm excited yeah. to do, um, I wanted to chat a little bit about Here and Now, um, yeah. your mindfulness book. So when the pandemic first started, this book popped up on so many lists as a resource for kids and adults to, to kind of go through. Um, but it came out last year. Um, so I was wondering, you know, what was the impetus for a children's mindfulness book and where that came from? Mm. Yeah, it's really strange how timing works. I do believe that a lot of creative um, endeavors seem to kind of come out at the time where people either need them or want them or they can be used um, in the way that they're intended to. And I think that's just so cool. Um, I feel like that's happened a lot. It's not just here and now. There are a ton of mindfulness books for children out now, and they're all being used in that way. And I feel like I'm so glad to be part of that. I'm so glad it came out when it did. Um, The inspiration for that was, you know, it was my own need for mindfulness in um, a really tough time in my life. And so I was writing a lot of poetry and one poem that came out um, turned into kind of like a little encouragement for others that um, it was called in the moment or moment living, I think I called it. And it was just like, we have this moment. And I, it was something that just, um, it kind of, equalize everyone. It brought everyone into this one space where we could be empowered. And um, I felt like, you know, there's so much going on in everyone's lives, especially right now. It's just, it's pretty chaotic. And if we can just grab where we are right here and now, I don't know, I feel like there's, we can move and grow from that spot. So yeah, I was inspired by my, my own living, but I'm so glad that it can be, it can help others, especially young people. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's a beautiful reminder, too. It's one of those things that, you know, I think sometimes we take for granted, but certainly that's not something that we put into practice um, on a regular basis. And to, so to think to just have that and to kind of, you know, like you said, for young readers, it's something that they can start doing at an early age and hopefully incorporate that into into practice. Yeah. And I just wanted to make it really accessible, too. That was like the aim mm. of that book. It's like, can I fit this big, big, big idea into something that's very accessible? So someone just touching the book and opening it is already there. They're already mm-hmm. there together. I just wanted to kind of make a little portal for someone that's it's in, it's in their lap. You're reading this book now. And that's all you need to do. You don't need to wear special pants. You don't need to take a class. <laughs> you don't need to do any of that like fancy stuff. You're here. You're part of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That's and, and that's enough. And I think people need to hear that now. I mean, always, but especially now. Um, so, okay, let's get into Starcrossed. Um, I can't wait to hear from you about this book. It's just stunning. So I was wondering if you could um, just give, to start off, um, just a brief synopsis of, of the story. Yeah, sure. Um, 
I don't, do you want me to give, give away the twist ending? <laughs> I, I don't want you to give away the twist okay. ending. <laughs> no spoilers, no spoilers. Okay, good, good. I won't. Um, okay. So Starcross is about two friends. Um, one lives in the stars, is made out of stars. And one is, um, I'm not sure if this person is human completely <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. a different planet um, for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, they're two different physical forms of being, um, but they are best friends and it doesn't really matter how far away they are from each other. They seem to really enjoy their relationship and their friendship. They do a lot of fun things together. Um, and then uh, they kind of reach an opportunity where they can make a wish to possibly be together or be in one another's space and um, experience something different. So I'm not going to go further than that because (laughs) (laughs) I want you to find out what happens. Um, But yeah, it's a story all about connection and maintaining um, your relationship with others, um, even across distance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think... um you know, it's, it's such a beautiful surprise. So I would love for, you know, readers to be able to experience that in, in real time. Um, so you just did a virtual reading and author talk at the Boston Book Festival this week. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. 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 Um, how was that? It was really fun. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I wish because it was virtual, it was bittersweet because I could not see anyone or interact with anyone. So I had to kind of imagine that they were there. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of um, more personal and intimate in a way because I could invite people that were watching right to my desk and read the story that was created at that desk in front of that window. The idea came to me at that window. So I was like, hey, guys, this is where this is where I thought of this idea. This is where the idea came from. And now you're reading the book with me. It's very special. So it felt it was so different. That's the way I could describe it. But I enjoyed it so much. And they were really lovely to invite me. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, actually, that really um, segues quite nicely into my next question, which is, um, I, I, I did see that you said you were able to do this virtual reading at the same window where these characters visited you for the first time. And I was wondering if you could maybe explain um, what that means and where the inspiration for this story came from. Sure. Yeah. So um, I actually, this book came from, um, the concept for it came when I was making a whole series at the time of star paintings of people. So they were kind of my star people, I called them. Um, they're on Instagram. There's actually like a hashtag, I think, called Julie Dino's star. If you hit it, you can see all the different people I painted through the years um, filled with stars. So um, I created a painting one night at that desk under the window um, just because I was <laughs> enjoying looking at the stars. And um, it was actually a figure. It was two figures of stars joined um, at the head. So it was kind of like there, the stars were moving between them. So I thought it was kind of an interesting thing that they were, these two star figures were in relationship. And then, um, I used an app actually, um, because this is how I name my star paintings. I take an app out that helps you find the stars wherever you are. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know if I should name it here or not, but <laughs> well, you, I guess, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's called Skyview. It's called okay. Skyview. Cool. Um, so I used it um, over my painting. I directly held my phone and I found a very bright star that was on the other side of my desk, right through the earth. <laughs> and it was named Akamar. And then I found out oh. that, um, yeah, the other name for Akamar, because it's a binary star system, it's actually made of two stars. I was like, oh, that's kind of perfect. I just painted these two star friends. 
Um, and the, and the scientific, the other name for, um, astronomical name for Akamar is theta one airy and theta two airy. So I was looking more into, um, Airy, and I found out Eridanus is the full constellation that Akamar is part of, and Eridanus means the river. So it was all these like really interesting historical things too that tied in. Like Akamar used to be the brightest star in Eridanus, the end of the river, but then later on, as you know, um, telescopes and I, I think actually the tilt of the Earth affected this. Um, the able uh, scientists were able to see an even brighter star at the very end of Eridanus, and um, there's a new I think it's Atronar now, but Akamar. Um, was the star I picked for the painting. So Akamar and Eridani, that's how their names came to be. Long story. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's fascinating. And, and, you know, when folks read the book, that will just inform so much. That's, I mean, that's, that's an amazing. author's note too, if anyone wants to read it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't yep. read the author's note. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> but it's great to from you. <laughs> um, no, that's, I mean, that's amazing. That's so cool to kind of know that it really comes from this very real place. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, I imagine that this publishing process for Starfrost began, you know, pre-pandemic. But as we've talked about a little bit, these characters and best friends are kind of like the ultimate socially distanced pair. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so can you talk a little bit about how the book resonates with the world we're in today and how, you know, maybe young readers or I, I mean, it resonated with me, you know, as an mm. older reader. Yeah. Um like I said before, I didn't, I didn't plan for it <laughs> to be this mm -hmm. way. Um, but I, I just think that, um, yeah, I, I'm leaning into the message of this book, um, myself, because I think, you know, it's, it's a struggle right now to, to keep, um, connections and, um, we're just all trying to kind of reinvent ways to be resilient with our connections to people and even ourselves and like the world around us. So, um, yeah, I think, I think there's the message of this book isn't just about overcoming the obstacle of distance and different physical forms and time and space. Like those are all viewed as obstacles. They could be, but at the same time, um, something super beautiful and like exciting and fun and like all about growth happens because of those obstacles in their relationship, which I can't give away, <laughs> I'm sorry. but um, they're able to experience something beautiful together that they might not have been able to do before. So um, I guess I'm focusing more on that, the opportunity for growth from the distance and the, the mm -hmm. obstacle that's in a story. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing that I kind of that kind of resonated was um, just unique communication and kind yeah. of how, you know, yeah, it kind of cuts across time and space throughout mm -hmm. this book in different ways and then gets manipulated, you know, when different things happen. And I feel like that is kind of something that, you know, we just go through on this, you know, human level for sure, but just, at, you know, as like a being level, it's, you know, yeah. what, what everybody goes through. And, you know, so it just, I, I get the sense um, that, you know, so many of your stories kind of come from, obviously, this very real place, but, you know, this universal sense of being, you know, mm. in the world and, and what that means in different ways. Yeah. And I feel like, um, I don't know, there's just so much about, like, there's so much human resilience. And I think, we're just in the middle right now of figuring something out together. We're figuring out how to communicate. We're figuring out how to connect in like crazy new ways we've never thought of before. And mm -hmm. I don't know, we're always yeah. evolving, right? As beings. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so for this book, you did the writing and the illustrations. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so can you talk a little bit about that process? You touched on it before, but I was wondering if you could go into more detail about just the difference, you know, in the different ways you've kind of published books in the past and how this might've been different, you know, um, Mm. than a few of your recent books. Yeah. So, um, the last two before this, I, I was just the author, um, like I said, and uh, E.B. Goodell was the illustrator. Amazing job. It was so cool to get to work with my friend that way. Um, she's brilliant. Amazing. Yeah, those are <laughs> incredible books. Definitely. Yes. For sure. Check those out. So beautiful. Um, and she's gone on to make, um, she's illustrated and written her own um, Under the Lilacs is her new one. So, and I think um, this one is obviously different because I did all of it. Um, and it's, it is interesting, the process is I guess a little more I don't even know the word for it um you're just I guess it's more holistic obviously because you're you're working on the words and you're working on the pictures and then they inform each other so sometimes you have to weigh out okay this this image is this image of um well I (laughs) I won't give away the ending Um, (laughs) this image of Akamar um his expression is much more important than the words I'm going to put on the page here. So maybe I'll move them to another page or um, maybe they need to be abbreviated or actually maybe I don't need any words at all. And maybe the image can speak totally for this concept itself on this page. So I think the way um, being an author and illustrator, both um, for that one single story, you get to do a lot more um, manipulation of that, of those two things to tell the story the way you want. And so, you, I mean, you talked about your star paintings before. Um, so in this instance, you know, did you kind of, I guess the visual came first for this piece of it? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I wasn't really thinking about like how it happened, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, it was a painting. And then um, v- very quickly, almost right away, I could start to see more little images about um, star friends and like, um, I kind of saw an image um I, I saw a few images I almost gave away the ending again so I can't <laughs> no it's okay do I, I mean do I want to say it and then like maybe people can you know skip ahead if they if they don't want a spoiler spoiler, um, spoiler. yeah spoiler. so okay yeah okay. spoiler alert <laughs> so I saw um an image of them just um flipping like trading trading spots and um that was one of the very first images I saw um right after I painted those two um star friends. And so right away, my reaction was, oh, um, they're trying to be together. Like the star system is almost like gravitational and they're orbiting, but they can't actually be together. And it was sad for me at first, but um, this story kind of came to me almost within minutes of um, seeing that image and painting those two um, that no, in fact, it wasn't sad. It was actually a story about something really cool that happened to both of them that mm-hmm. they were excited about. That's how, um, that's the feeling I got from the characters. And so from that point on, the draft really did kind of evolve around their dialogue about it um, to each other. And so I think that's why the dialogue became so important um, in the book and actually became literal speech bubbles across space and time, which is a visual element I used in the, in the book. Yeah, no, I I love that so much. And you make a good point too. It's, you know, this, this thing happens to them where they, you know, make the wish and trade places and, um, and it's not sad, you know, and I, I, at first I was like, oh no, but then, um, uh, but then you kind of realize that, you know, what they're able to experience and, you know, then how they can, you know, stay best friends, but, you know, know each other's lived experience and it's, yeah. So it just, it's a happy ending for sure. Um, 
so I was wondering how or has your process changed at all over the last year? I think you, you know, you typically work from home as an mm-hmm. author illustrator. So yeah, that part hasn't really changed. I've just probably have spent even more time inside mm-hmm. um, just like working on my stuff. But um, yeah, the process, the art process hasn't really changed. I'm still, um, you know, I'm working traditionally in watercolor and ink and pencil. And then I scan everything in and then I go into my computer and I do a lot of um, Photoshop uh, kind of just like manipulation in like as far as like uh, um, levels and saturation and things like that go. I don't do a ton of digital paint. Most of it is traditional. And then, um, yeah, everything is sent over the publishers that way as a digital file. Yeah. So that's literally hasn't really changed. <laughs> but things like, you know, author talks and like maybe you would oh, normally be yeah. visiting like bookstores and things like that. That's yeah, probably yeah. A different. That, yeah. That's a huge change. And um, that's like a, that's a thing that is at the same time, just like this book, it's echoing like sadness because I, that is the part that you're so excited at the end of um, when a book comes out, you want to share it right away. It's mm-hmm. for people to share with you. You want them to enjoy the story themselves. And there's something so lovely about being able to do that in person and interact and see um, kids enjoying it and grownups enjoying it or um, taking something away from it that you never planned on having. Like I, I just love to have the book have its own life and its own purpose. Um, and so I, that can still happen. It's just got to happen remotely. And so I'm going to try to take a cue from Akamar and Aridani and figure out <laughs> a way that it can be different. Like it can be different and still beautiful and joyful and fun um, and fulfilling for the story and for people. So yeah, we're doing virtual events. Um, I'm going to do a, a book launch at Porter Square Books at kind of in, in space. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. Porter Square Books. We love them there. A nice neighbor of ours. <laughs> yeah, they are um, so close by. Yep. Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, and I mean, that's the takeaway, right? It's like, how do we kind of, you know, find new ways to communicate and make it work exactly. and, you know, in a beautiful way. Um, any words of advice to aspiring children's book authors or illustrators? Mm, hang in there. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah, it's like, oh my goodness. I think like more than ever, we are going to need your stories and your creativity and your new ways to invent and think of ways to do things because we are all kind of, we're, we're new. We're all new at what's happening right now. I think, um, w- you know, your talent is unique for sure. And we're going to need your specific talent and what you have to bring to this world. So keep going, keep plugging away. When the work feels like a lot, it's good though, because it'll prepare you for um, all the good stuff you're going to get to do in the future. No, that's awesome. Are you working on anything new or like anything um, coming up that we can look out for? Yeah. Um, so this is actually part of, um, well, it's not a two book series, but mm-hmm. I'm working on a second book after this um, for HMH right now. Um, so, but it's kind of secret. We're still in development. Oh, okay. that. <laughs> um, and, I'm, and I'm also chipping away at a middle grade novel um, that I've been working on for probably three years now. So that's still, it's been in the back burner. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's totally fine. Format. It's totally different format for me. It's really Yeah, exciting. I was going to say that. I mean, that process must be pretty different. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so how do you kind of balance, you know, obviously these different work styles and, you know, ways of going about things? I mean, I, I guess I just kind of, I try to move according to uh, inspiration. Um, so when I hear the novel speaking kind of in my mind, or I wake up with an idea, I will definitely try to go for that for at least a chunk of the day. 
um, yeah. So I try to just fit as many creative creative projects in as I can. Yep. But it is using different parts of the brain is interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. definitely. Julia, it's always such a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It was yeah. awesome. Of course. No, this is so great. Um, so Starcrossed is out and highly, highly recommend that along with the rest of the um Julia Dino's collection of works, um, yeah. including Windows and Here and Now and, and many more. Um, Julia, where can people find you around the internet? Yeah, so you can um, come, to, come to my website at juliadinos.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram. I do a lot of stories, like I was saying, but um, it helps me be able to do some like immediate stuff. So I paint a lot on stories and things like that. Um, so that's at juliadinos on Instagram. And that's pretty much where I'm at. Nice. <laughs> so it would be nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's an awesome account to follow. So definitely um, hit that up as well. So again, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you. Everyone stay healthy and good. And thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. Julia Dino's latest book is Starcrossed and is now available at all the best bookstores, of course. Find links to Julia's work, her Instagram and website in the show notes. If you're looking for a transcript of today's show and more content, check out our episode page. The link is also in the show notes.